Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? Rising, rising podcast. But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would know two things about us. Two undeniably totally real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the two of us. America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first totally really real fact about you, Bunny is that you have been hard at work in your lab with your fellow scientists, hard at work on a new meat alternative besides cow and chicken. Yes. So can you tell us all, your adoring fans, what this new meat alternative is and its benefits? It is made of sea sponges. Uh, So Hmm. basically... SpongeBob SquarePants, but you know he's just a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sea sponges um, that we grind up into a patty shape. Um, the the big advantage is is it's not meat. Um, it tastes really bad for those people who don't really enjoy living. Yeah, you know. And oddly enough, the sponges make a very satisfying satisfying screaming sound when you kill them. Nice. That is a plus. You know, so there are there are plenty of advantages to it. Good, 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 good. And the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know about too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short and spicy. It's the Cheech Marin of podcast segments. Anywho, today on the old shapity shap shap, we will be telling a story so that I can heal my broken heart. Let me explain. I live in a small town called Shawnee, Oklahoma. Population 31,000 as of 2018. It is 44.7 square miles of a very small city surrounded by rural nothingness. And yet, when we moved here, in this very small town, there were three theaters. There were three movies. And that's so strange. Like, how come in this small town in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by farmland and and empty fields, how come the small town has three different freaking movie theaters? That's so strange. And they were all AMC affiliates. So I signed up for the AMC A-List, which was a subscription service where for $20 a month, I get three free movie tickets a week and that worked out really well because there was the the six screen movie theater at the mall there was the eight screen movie theater uh, on uh, Harrison by the Homeland 
shopping uh, supermarket. And then there was the big discount theater downtown. And so it, it was it was really great for me. And I could jump between the three different movie theaters. Well, this past week, the two-screen discount theater known as the Hornbeck Theater closed its doors for good, and it just devastated me. I spent so much time there these past few years. That movie was the Leto movie when he was a very young baby. His first movie was in that theater. Yeah. Eleanor's first movie was at that theater. I took her to go see Incredibles 2. Her first movie was there. And I just spent so much time there over these past few years. I saw um, Brooklyn, which was shit. I saw uh, one of those movies. Uh, what was the name? What was the name of that movie with, with the dog owned for a while by a homeless guy? What was the name of that movie? Dang it. I hated the dog's journey or something like that. Something like that. I see. And yeah, and, I it, and it and it was like Edward home, James almost, wasn't he? Yeah, or somebody. The homeless guy. Uh, I saw Dumbo there. I saw Teen Titans go to the movies there. I took the kids to go see Cats. Uh, so many movies there. I went on dates there. Once uh, last summer, I, I I was bored and I said, you know what, kids? It's only about 10, 15 minute walk away. You guys want to walk to the discount theater? Yes. And so we walked from our door to the theater and it was only about 15 minutes. And so it, I, I spent a lot of time at this theater and it closed down. And so I thought that perhaps dedicating a segment of the podcast to this movie theater would make me feel better. So uh, this is the story of the Hornbeck Theater. The Hornbeck Theater is the big old theater in every small town in every movie. Yes. You know, like Gremlins is set in the small town of Kingston Falls, for example. That old-timey theater could be the Hornbeck Theater. Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! Yeah. Merry Christmas, Movie House! That's the Hornbeck Theater. Yeah, so it's the, it's the theater that the kids in the blob went to. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, air-conditioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was air-conditioned. And it used to have a balcony, but we'll get to that. So this is two stories. It's the story of the Hornbeck Theater, and it's also the story of my town's movie theater wars. Okay. So um, in the late 1800s in Lebanon, it's weird that this story starts in Lebanon, yeah. uh, a man wanted a better life for him and his wife, so they moved to America in 1888 and tried out a bunch of different states and a bunch of different cities, lived in Texas for a while, lived in uh, Arkansas, and uh, until this man settled on, for whatever reason, Shawnee, Oklahoma. This man's name is Jake Jones Sr. I'm sorry, there's no way his name was Jake Jones when he lived in Lebanon. <laughs> he obviously changed his name 
uh, when he immigrated here, but I have no idea what his original name is. So apparently I just have to go with Jake Jones Sr. So uh, anyway, he opened a candy shop in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and it failed. So then he opened an ice cream parlor in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and it failed. So in 1911, uh, he, he was like, maybe a theater? Yeah. So in 1911, um, he started a company. He called Jones Home Folks Theater and purchased the Cozy Theater on Main Street. At the time... It was actually a in 1897 the the place opened, but it was a dry goods store. And apparently, Jake Jones Senior just looked at this dry goods store and was like, "Okay, if we remove all of this here, put some seats, that wall there, we can turn it into a stage. This this dry goods store would make a great theater." So he purchased the dry goods store, turned it into the cozy theater owned by Jones Home Folks Theater. And, and turned it into, he called it the Cozy Theater, which was later renamed the Ritz Theater. And the crazy thing is, it's still on Main Street. Yeah. Except uh, except it, it, it went out of business in like the 80s, and it was purchased by the state. And now it opens up only once in a while for like a concert or a stand-up comedy Every Halloween, they show some different Halloween movie. Like last year, I was going to go over there because they were showing um, Beetlejuice. Yeah. But I decided against it because the place was going to be packed. I still haven't gone into the Ritz Theater because it's only open every once in a while and mainly for something you have to pay a lot of money for. But the Ritz Theater is still open. And, and then 1927... Jake Jones opened the Criterion Theater. So now he owns two theaters in this small town. Then in 1935, he purchased the rival Savoy Theater and renamed it the State Theater. Suddenly, Jake Jones and the Jones Home Folks Theater Company owned three theaters in town. So it's safe to say that this town has always been like a big theater town. Well, during World War II, these theaters all started showing talkies. Yeah. During World War II, the 40s. Um, and a new era was born. And that brings us to another story. Because apparently there was a rival theater company in Shawnee. Before this Lebanese guy showed up, there were three other theaters in town. So there were six theaters when Jake Jones came along. Uh, okay. But... Jones came along. There were three theaters in town, and they were owned by Griffin Theaters Company. And this was an odd ownership. Griffin Theaters was co-run by Mr. Griffin himself and the present and the mayor of Shawnee, Oklahoma at the time, a man named Mayor Adam Hornback. Okay. So, so the mayor... And this Griffin guy owned three theaters in town. And they're like, yeah, Griffin Theaters, we own all the theaters in town. We do a lot of vaudeville shows. We show some silent movies. Yeah, we sort of run the theater business. And then all of a sudden, uh, this 
Lebanese immigrant shows up and he gets a theater and he gets another theater and suddenly he owns a theater and suddenly there's this big rivalry and Griffin Theaters is like, wait a second, he's the he's the mayor and, and we used to run this town. Suddenly there's a Lebanese immigrant named Jake. I don't think that <laughs> that's a traditional Lebanese name. Suddenly this guy's fighting us and it becomes this rivalry, this theater rivalry in my small town between Jones Home Folks Theaters and Griffin Theaters. And they're fighting and it's this big, massive war in the small town that no one else gives a fuck about because no one even knows where Shawnee, Oklahoma is. But here there's the theater wars happening. And this goes on and on throughout the 20s and 30s and 40s. And finally, in the 40s, Griffin Theater says, so sick of this Jake Jones guy and his Jones theaters. Let's show him. Let's 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 just wipe him off the map. Let's open a theater, a big theater with a huge screen. Bigger than all the other screens that are out there. One that will put all of the other theaters to shame. We're going to make a theater so great that Jones Theaters will just be wiped off the map. And so in 1947, the Griffin Theater people opened the majestic Hornbeck Theater. It opened to the public on July 10th, 1947. And unlike all of the other buildings out there, one of them uh, uh, was destroyed in a tornado. The other, another theater was destroyed in a fire. This one was made of steel and concrete. And it was like three stories tall and it was huge. And that made it safe from the Oklahoma tornadoes. And it was a big deal at the time that like, Oh my goodness, it's being made of steel and concrete. This is going to be around for a long time. Oh, yeah. holy shit. And I have found pictures of the theater all decked out because back in the day, this would be the one theater in town where they would show the big releases and the big movies. And, and there are pictures out there, and it's just absolutely incredible. Here's uh, for those of you watching at the video somewhere, this is what the theater looks like now. And it's really pretty, but oh yeah. man, back in the day, back in the day, this the I found pictures of the theater all decked out for Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. You know? Just one best picture. So come on down to see Lawrence of Arabia on our big screen. And and the, the great thing about the picture is that it's like a it's like a black and white picture, but you can see like a row of like 15 kids' bikes of kids from town who have bicycled to go see Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> you know? We're going to go see this. Oh, and also I found a great black and white photograph of, of the, the entire front decked out for the premiere of the birds. Yeah. It, it, uh, so cool. The real historic and important part of this town's history. Wow. Uh, the theater lasted for a really long time, but get ready for some big time Shyamalan twists in the story, okay? Well, let me just say that so far, I, I, I don't see why nobody's made a movie out of this yet. This sounds like a perfect movie, like a nice period piece set in the time. 
you know, a theater yeah. war in a small western town. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it would be yeah, no, charming. Yeah, no, this is this is an amazing story, and I absolutely love it. This is the theater, and it's got a real big screen, and it's got a stage in front of it. For those of you who are just listening, my apologies, but just Google Hornbeck Theater, Shawnee, Oklahoma. There are pictures that are out there. And when you when you would go into it now, there are there are uh, parts of the roof that look really crappy, and the seats are really old, and the carpeting is kind of ripped up. And most people go into this and they go, "Oh, what a shitty theater!" But me being me, I go into this theater and it's like, God damn it! I can feel the fucking history in this theater, you know. Yeah. I can I, I walk in and it's just if I really pay attention and close my eyes, like I can see what this theater used to look like. And it's just amazing. And so, OK, in 1947, uh, as the Hornbeck Theater is opening to rave reviews, Jake Jones Sr. dies. Okay. He passes on. But this being the Midwest, he uh, Jones Home Folks Theater Company is passed on to his son and daughter, okay. Johnny Jones, Johnny Jones, and Ruby Jones. And they go, okay, Basically, uh, we're Stephanie and Shane McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, we're going to run this. We're going to run the, the theater company right. We're going to run it just like dad would have wanted. We're going to do things that dad would have wanted. And so they continue on with the Jones Theaters. Eventually, they drop the home folks part. And it's just Jones Theaters. So in 1952, Griffin Theaters expands and becomes the Video Independent Theater Company Incorporated. And so so they expand out of Shawnee and they go, we are going to own a number of theaters, but we are going to give the the day to day operations to the people who already own the theaters. And so we're going to have a bunch of theaters and we're going to hold them and we're just going to expand and get bigger and bigger. And so that's 1952. Griffin Theaters expands. But two years after that, Mayor Adam Hornbeck is now an ex-mayor. Uh-huh. He's, he isn't voted in and he's not the mayor anymore. And suddenly he's looking around and he's like, I'm not mayor, but I own a controlling share in this massive movie theater company. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it, like, like it was cool to be the mayor who owned a theater company. Yeah. And it was nice to be in this like, right. And like Jones Theaters would open up a new theater and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to open up a drive in. And oh, yeah. Then Jones Theaters would go, oh, yeah, we're going to open up a second movie theater. And then Griffin Theaters would go, oh, yeah, second drive in. Shawnee had two drive ins at one point. One of them I could have walked to in the 70s and 80s. I could have walked to that drive in. But anyway, uh, former mayor Adam Hornbeck is like, I don't. I own a controlling share in this massive movie company. I'm not the mayor anymore. I don't know if I want to do this. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to sell my controlling shares. And who does he sell his shares to? Freaking Ruby 
and Johnny buy the shares. So Griffin Theaters became Video Independent Theater Company Incorporated, which is then bought by Jones Theaters. Oh, in man. 1954, Nick Jones Sr. is dead, but Jones Theaters wins the Shawnee Theater War. And now Jones Theaters owns all of the theaters and all of the drive-ins, including the majestic Hornbeck Theater, which is still named after a mayor that no one remembers. And 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 they said, "Oh yeah, we're going to treat this thing great. We're going to treat it right." In the in the in the fifties, they updated it with cinema scope and all new stereo sound. You're going to be blown away by stereo. Yes. And back then, he, this is this is what I find fascinating. When it was first opened, there was a huge balcony. And it was one big theater, one big, massive theater. I've got an image to explain it. So this was the theater, and there was a balcony. But when the 70s rolled around, it wasn't cool. It it was starting to not get cool to just have one theater. Yeah. In your theater. And they're like, we need more theaters, but we can't build a second theater in this big massive concrete thing so they shut down for about two months and they closed down the balcony they made a wall and turned their balcony into a small second theater okay so starting from 1973 there was the hornbeck theater on the bottom and their balcony was a smaller second theater, which they called the penthouse. Okay. <laughs> and let me tell you, the horn, the penthouse was definitely built in the no legroom at all. If you are if you are five eleven or above, yeah, do not sit in the penthouse. There's just <laughs> no god. I barely have legroom. And I'm 5'8", yeah. so I can't imagine what it's like. But I, I really had a, when, when the Hornback Theater shut down, I was like, I'm going to go see one last movie in the big screen. And, and what they did was they showed for their last week Goonies in the big screen, but they showed Back to the Future in the penthouse. Yeah. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, I was hoping to see Back to the Future in the big screen. Maybe I should go see two movies and go see Goonies in the big screen and then Back to the Future in the penthouse. But I really don't like the Goonies. Yeah. I, I liked it when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11. But now I'm in my 40s and it's just like, kids, where are your parents? They should be taking better care of you. So, um, so, uh, I I saw so many movies there. My my wife and I, for one of our anniversaries, we went to go see Once Upon a Deadpool. Yeah. Which was PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. And we saw it in the penthouse and we had some some drinks beforehand. And it was just so much fun. And so here's the crazy part. So, okay, so uh, Jones Theaters is running all the theaters. And then in the 70s, Ruby 
Jones gets out of the, the theater game and sells her shares to her brother's son. Okay. So now, from the 70s on, a literal father-son team is running Jones Theaters. And then in the 90s, um, Johnny Jones dies, and now just the son is running Jones Theaters. And eventually he gets old, and before he dies, he gives ownership of Jones Theaters to his stepson, David, who now still runs fucking Jones Theaters. <laughs> Jones Theaters they own all three theaters in town wow and it's so weird because like like now just two theaters but still those two theaters are still run by jones theaters which is still a fucking thing and it's goddamn amazing see now instead of a movie i'm seeing a mini series because we're spanning some time here except that yeah yeah, except that we extend Extend it into space. Okay. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to tell you. There's a rumor that there are two ghosts who live in the Hornbeck Theater. Oh. oh, oh, oh. That that a couple died, and their ghost haunts the Hornbeck Theater. I had heard about that, and then I forgot about it until I went to the Hornbeck on the last night to see Back to the Future, and right there in the front row were two. What a couple came dressed as a ghost story ghosts. Oh yeah. And the holes in their eyes, and they were there, and they were the Hornbeck ghost, and I was like, that's adorable. Yes. You know, like, oh, I'm going to miss this. But yeah, four generations of the same family have run all of the movie theaters in town since like 1911. I love history and my small town. Sure, it's not the best on account of the racism and the crime and the meth. But this town has movie theaters and they're just dripping with history. And so uh, there was a drive in on uh, Harrison Street and then Jones Theaters when they got control of this drive-in they said you know what we're going to open a three screen movie theater across the street from the drive-in okay so that during the day you can go see, during the day you can go see movies in this theater but at night you can go to the drive-in and then the drive-in closed down and then they got the three screen movie theater and say, let's add more screens. And that's the eight screen movie theater that I go to all of the time. <laughs> and, it, and it just blows my mind. The history that is just all over here. And, and like, I almost teared up saying goodbye to the Hornbeck theater. I told, I told Amber that like it, Movie theaters are basically my churches. Yeah. 
movie theaters are the closest I will get to going to a church or a cathedral. And like, I I was really choked up saying goodbye to the Hornbeck Theater. I haven't felt this way since they closed the Seneca Pre Theater in Phoenix. But that one was built in the 60s and closed in the 90s. This is the, the Hornbeck Theater was built in the 40s and closed down in 2020. Like, God damn, golf clap for you. Fascinating bit of history. Shame to see it closed down. Hopefully it gets bought by some company or bought by the city. And at the very least, I hope they still open it up for Halloweens and stuff like that. Because every Halloween, like, like last Halloween, they opened the Ritz up and showed Beetlejuice. At the Hornbeck, they showed Teen Wolf. And at the community center, they showed the original The Wolfman. Yeah. Okay. And and so it's going to be sad to see. Hopefully they still open up the Hornbeck every Halloween and show something. Like, hopefully they'll open it up and show Bride of Frankenstein or something. But anyway, that's the story of my town's movie. Yeah, that's the story of my town's movie theaters and the movie theater war. Yes. A fascinating bit that nobody knows about because nobody gives a shit about Shawnee, Oklahoma, but this is an incredible story. Yes. You know? Incredible yes, it story. is. And uh, more people should know about it, and that's what uh, Shep's all about. Um, Next week on Shep... I'm saying movie mm-hmm. or miniseries. This story movie needs to be out yeah, there. Yeah, this this is a huge, huge story. Anyway, next week we will be talking about the Mission Impossible franchise and all of the bombs that, that happened. Yes. Literal bombs. Mission Impossible bombs is what okay. we will be talking about. I just learned about it, and it's amazing. Uh, so join us next week for more historically entertaining education with Steve's historic approximations. And cut on that.